0: Good morning, everyone. I hate to interrupt. You guys look like you're having a really nice time. (laughs) Getting to know everyone. Good morning, good morning. Good to see you all. Um, Welcome to Resurrection Ministries and welcome to our first one service or single service uh, Sunday of the summer. Uh, Glad you guys made it today. Um, We're gonna start off with some singing about God's grace and how it is more than enough for us as his followers and believers in Christ. So let's stand and sing that together.
1: Your faithfulness, oh God You wrestle with the sinner's Restless heart You lead us by still waters Into mercy And nothing can keep us apart so mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. It is your love and justice, God of Jacob? You use the weak to lead the strong. You lead us in the song of your salvation, and all your people sing along. So we
2: Uh, let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for, uh, for, for showing us grace. Oh, man, for giving us uh, this, this unexpected and unearned gift of your love, uh, of your salvation, of sending Jesus. Uh, Jesus, we thank you for the, the depth of love that you showed on the cross and in the empty tomb. Jesus, we ask that you would send your Holy Spirit to us. Um, that you would refresh and renew our hearts and our minds and and our joy, our joyful connection to you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. Um, We're continuing our Ephesians uh, series. Uh, We're all the way into Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to read the entire chapter. And believe it or not, I can't believe we're going to do this because we've been like picking apart a phrase, but we're going to preach, uh, we're going to consider the entire chapter, in ch- uh, chapter 2, so, so here we go. For better or for worse, we're going to do it. Ephesians chapter 2, uh, it reads like this. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and he preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple of the Lord in him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit." This is the word of the Lord.
0: Amen. So it is through the blood of Jesus that we are reconciled, and his blood shed for us made this happen for us. So let's go ahead and stand and sing our next song together, Nothing But the Blood.
1: Nothing but the blood of Jesus For my pardon this I see Nothing but the blood of Jesus For my cleansing this my plea Nothing but the blood of Jesus just is the flow this is all my righteousness, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is
2: kids, come on up for the kids' chat, please. Oh. My goodness, some of you are big. Don't sit down yet, who told you to sit down? Um, uh, do you see the orange uh, tape marks all around the room? Those are there deliberately, just so we're clear, and I would love some help taking those down afterwards. <clears throat> um, uh, orange tape marks, uh, just kind of spread yourselves out around the room, please. and. Uh, um, find one, uh, one person by each orange tape mark, is what I'm trying to say. Go ahead. Choose wisely. No, 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 one one person by each orange tape mark. Just one, you gotta move. There you go. Excellent, excellent, good. Okay, good. So, couple of questions, couple of questions. Um, how, how close, maybe just somebody uh, could, could raise their hand. How close do you feel to me right now? Yes. What? You're kind of far away. Could you say something louder? <laughs> did you see what it did there? That was funny. He said far away. Uh, he feels far away from me. Um, man, this is a tough, nobody laughed at that. That was like supposed to be, you no? Know? Anyways, um, how close do you feel to each other right now? What's that? You feel close. Um, So if you're standing directly under the orange tape, can you actually touch the other person that's close to you? you're not standing directly underneath, no, you bunch of cheaters. See, this is what's so interesting, right? Because we're, we're built for relationships, and so we have this desire to reach out and stretch and touch. But the reality is that sometimes things happen in life and we just kinda are separated from one another. Um, maybe there's fights or arguments or something uh, happens that creates a little bit of, of strain. Um, the reading that we just had was really long. It's from Ephesians chapter two. And it talks about how, how our natural state, right, the, the way that we kind of naturally are without Jesus is like this. We're far away from each other. We're far away from wherever God is. And so it's really cool because what Paul is trying to tell us in that letter that he's writing to the Ephesians is that um, because of Jesus, um, something like this actually happens some of you are really big so i'm not going to be able to do this with everybody however uh, (laughs) here i can here i can carry both of you at the same time no this is gonna work (laughs) okay here we go i got you both okay here we go (sighs) yeah that's right (laughs) and i know your parents so i know if i drop you it'll be okay Okay, there you go. Hold on. Um, just have a seat right here. Whew. Hold on. No, I'm not carrying both of you. I know how much you guys weigh. Okay. Uh, okay. Hold on. This is what Jesus does. He brings us close to where God is, and we're also then closer to each other. Whew. Last one. Okay, here we go. Uh, sometimes... He carries us upside down, but he still carries us. Okay, and we're gonna pretend that I carried Noah. Noah, I'm carrying you. We're gonna pretend that I carried Emily. We're gonna pretend that I carried uh, Josiah. I almost called you Dino. That would have been bad. Hey, everybody give me a hand. Here, here's what it says. I want you to repeat this after me. This is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. Just repeat this. But now in Christ Jesus, you once were far off. But now you've been brought near by the blood of Christ. That's the good news that we're celebrating today. That we used to be really far away from God. Before, no, no, you don't have to repeat anymore, right? We used to be really far away from God. We used to be really far away from each other, but Jesus restores our connection to God and restores our connection to each other. Okay, let's say a prayer, and we'll thank God for loving us so much that he sent Jesus. I got to catch my breath. Ready? Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thanks for loving us. You are so good you love us so much you don't want us to be far away from you or each other so you sent jesus to bring us close and all god's kids said amen okay you can head out with uh krista for children's church if you'd like Thanks, Tom. I noticed you turned my mic down there because I was breathing so heavy. (sighs) Goodness. I uh, was really tempted to carry you, but I know how much you weigh. and I was like, I don't think I can carry him all the way, especially since he took that spot. Hey, folks, uh, just kind of a a brief reminder, right? We've looked uh, into Ephesians chapter 1 for two weeks, right? And just really celebrated uh, the the praise and formula that that Paul speaks at the beginning of chapter 1. And then uh, last week, uh, really celebrated uh, Paul's prayer life and how he was praying for the churches, the people in the churches of Ephesus. Um, a couple of reminders just up top is that uh, my challenge to you is that you are reading this letter every week. Anybody done that so far? Just read the entire book, read the entire letter? Be honest, like one of you. It's cool. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, that's still the challenge, right, is to just read this letter. It takes about 20 minutes. If you're a slow reader, it'll take you 40. It's okay. It'll be worth it, right? This is meant to be um, read uh, to a, a church, right? to a small group of people. It's meant to be heard uh, by a speaker, so you can even uh, get somebody to read it to you, and that would be uh, very beneficial. Um, It's not meant to be pulled apart, you know, word by word, phrase by phrase. Uh, Paul writes this in love to the churches, to the people uh, in the churches around Ephesus, all right? So today um, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2, and we're looking at this idea of before and after stories, before and after stories. Would you put up our first picture there, Mr. Edward? Yeah, look at that. So this is a great picture. We've got the before, right? And he's... Well, you know, and he's eating a hamburger. He's a little chubby. Can I say that? Is that okay? He's a little chubby. And then uh, the after picture, he apparently has engaged some kind of workout routine, and he's got uh, a small weight in hand. And he is—he's—he's uh, he's, uh, more fit, right? Before and after, um, before and after stories. Uh, sometimes, most of the time, are pretty cool stories. Uh, they're pretty inspiring stories. They're pretty hope-filled stories. Before and after pictures are pretty cool, pretty inspiring, pretty hope-filled stories. Now, not all the time, right? We could talk about before COVID and after COVID. That's maybe less happy, less satisfying, but before and after pictures are very cool, right? They, they tend to inspire and fill us with hope. Um, for instance, just like this, before and after a diet story, right? Before and after a workout routine or regimen, stories of pictures, um, they, they are exciting and they fill us with hope if, for instance, you are trying to lose weight. Or, for instance, if you are trying to get fit for a particular like, athletic event or if you're trying to put on some muscle mass. So before and after stories can be really helpful at just kind of um, letting us uh, be uh, hope filled for what could be in our life. Um, go ahead and put up the next one. This might be harder to see, but this is a building and it's a before and after picture of a building. Right. The same kind of idea before and after building projects, stories, pictures of those things um, are kind of exciting and kind of hope filled. Right. Uh, Especially if you are considering like a renovation project in your own home, it's like, oh, well, think about what we could do. Right. So so um, these before and after pictures are really, really helpful Uh, before and after pictures tend to celebrate what is. There's already been a project or, or process or steps accomplished and you're getting to see the final product before and after. And then of course, um, uh, they inspire us into what could be, right, uh, you see the finished product, you see the transformation that happens, you see uh, what life like used to be like and what life is like now. And all of a sudden you say, oh, man, I wanna do that before and after. Uh, let's just kind of get right to the heart of the matter and then we'll kind of zoom back out. Ephesians chapter 2 is essentially a before and after story. Uh, Paul is trying to uh, tell a story of before and after. He's trying to paint a picture of before and after, specifically what life is like before Christ and what life is like after Christ. I want to be clear here, though, that, that Paul is not trying to inspire you to as to... Um, as to What could be? He's not trying to inspire you to action. Uh, He's going to do that later in Ephesians 4, 5, and 6. But right here in Ephesians chapter 2, all he's trying to do is just simply state what is. He's just showing you the finished product. He's just showing you the after Christ picture so that you can celebrate it. So that you can enjoy it. So that you can live in that after Christ picture. So uh, today, what we're going to be doing is, is really just kind of considering the before and after of Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, we're going to state and proclaim the after column, so to speak. That'll make sense in just a second. Um, we're, and we're going to tell the story of what happened, how we got to that after Christ picture. So big picture detail. Go ahead and put up the, uh, the next one there. This is the before and after. This is the after column. After Christ, we are alive after Christ, we are with Christ. After Christ, we are saved. And after Christ, we are with others. Now we're gonna see all this in uh, greater detail as we kind of walk through the details of, of chapter two, but, but this is the big picture moment. This is that after picture of, you know, you've been on the diet and now you're slim and fit. The work has been done on the building and now it looks amazing. This is the after column. Uh, It's important to note here, again, to just say this up front, right, that this after column is completely a gift. Um, This is a huge emphasis, a huge point in Ephesians chapter 2. He says it over and over and over and over again, and you'll hear it in the language as we walk through it. Um, This is not about your work and then kick up your feet and enjoy the fruit of your labor. right? This is all about the done and accomplished work of God the Father, this is all about the done and accomplished work of God the Father that Paul was, was celebrating and praying over in Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, it's, almost like, it's almost like God blew up the before building, before Christ, and, and, and in its place, he built a completely new building. And it's not like he gave you the keys to get into that building. No, he just put you in that building and said, here it is, enjoy, the after column. Ephesians chapter two. All right, so here we go. Ephesians chapter two. Uh, if we kind of start with e- uh, Ephesians chapter two, verses four and five, what we see is that after Christ, we are alive. Before Christ, what's your guess? We are dead. Yeah, that's what it says in Ephesians chapter two, verse one. After Christ, we are alive. Before Christ, we are dead. To, to be alive means simply to, to have breath. In a little bit more complex way it means to be connected to life there's kind of this interesting uh, thing that happens with with the language in scripture that that life and death is more than just breathing uh, it's like this the sense of you know, you're connected to life so like life is over here and if you're dead you're over here right if you're alive you're somehow connected to life. That's kind of the language or the idea, the sense behind um, alive and dead. So um, to be dead means that you have breathed your last or that you have been separated somehow from life. Ephesians chapter two, verse one says that you are dead in your trespasses and sins. Uh, Trespasses, we saw that word already in chapter one. Uh, It means essentially to, if you just kind of imagine, right, to cross a line. There's a line or a boundary that has been set by a law, that could be by a state or a government, could be by God, and and, and when you trespass, you cross over that line. Dead in our trespasses. To sin is to miss the mark. Uh, God has uh, established a mark, he has uh, set a target for you, and you miss that mark, you miss the bullseye, and, and, and that creates death. We are dead in our trespasses, and in our sins. Sins and trespasses separate us from God, and God is the author of life. And so man, if we're separated from God, then we are separated from life. Um, Before Christ, we are dead. After Christ, we are alive. Somehow, miraculously, we are connected to life. Uh, We don't fully understand it yet, but we are fully uh, alive. We are connected to Christ, so we are made alive in Christ. And and we'll talk more about that as we go, but just see the motivation here, right? In in Ephesians 2, 4 and 5, there's a lot of motivation uh, attached um, to, to, to the work of God. Let me read it for you. It says this, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. So just see this, right? Um, the motivation, there's, there's primarily two motivations there. One motivation is that, um, is that God is rich in mercy. We've talked about the generosity of God. We saw it in the first part of Ephesians chapter 1. We saw it in the second part of Ephesians chapter 1. And now we get this rich abundance language again in Ephesians. That God is rich in mercy. To be rich means that he is abundant, right? He's got an abundance of something. It's like he's got a bag or a pot of something, and whatever is in the pot is overflowing. And what is in the pot is God's mercy, his kindness, God is rich in mercy. He's abundant in mercy, in kindness. And, and then the second motivation, right, is that God has great love. Uh, great is megas, right? And so, so he has, um, uh, he has much more than the average or normal amount of love. <laughs> he has much more than the normal or average amount of love. So, so God made us alive. He connected us to life. Why? Because He's rich in mercy and because he has great love. The second before and after picture that we see here is that um, after Christ, we are with Christ, and before Christ, we are, well not with Christ. Uh, You'll see on the screen there that it says that we are with evil um, because that's probably a a closer sense of what Paul is saying. Man, the language here is like so powerful. It's so hard to to capture what Paul is saying. He says a lot in these words and just honestly like anything that we can say is probably insufficient compared to what Paul says. But but, uh, just see this right after Christ, we are united with Christ. Uh, There's some kind of intimate unification some kind of intimate union with Christ um, the language is that we are influenced by Christ that we are that we are following Christ that we are under the influence of Christ before Christ we are we are not with Christ we are influenced by something else we are uh, following something else we are united with with evil things. Uh, Chapter two, verse two, in which you once followed, following the, uh, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work and the sons of disobedience. So just see this, um, what what Paul is saying here is that we walk, uh, we used to walk before Christ, right? We walked following under the influence or according to um, the world and Satan and the flesh. That's essentially what he's saying. Uh, The world, right, he talks about the the course of the world. Uh, Satan is the prince of the power of air. Um, That's not common language in scripture, but if you want to talk about it, you can come to Bible class in a few weeks and we'll talk about it there. Uh, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Flesh is the sons of disobedience. So he says before Christ, we were under the influence. We were following the world and Satan and the flesh. It's almost this language of like we were enslaved by, like um, we're, we're just kind of dumbly following, you know, like lemmings. Have you ever, I don't know, that's probably like a side tangent. Anyways, we were like following, we're, we, we, we don't know anything else except following these evil things that are not of God. And, and Paul says that that's our natural state. Uh, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature. It's just our natural state. Without Christ, we are following evil. We are under the influence of evil things. After Christ, well, we're not with those things anymore. Now we are with Christ. We are united to him. Just hear this language. It is amazing language, right? We are made alive with Christ. We are raised with Christ. We are seated with Christ. Um, Some of the uh, commentaries that I read said that we are co-made alive, that we are co-raised with Christ, that we are co-seated with Christ. This is amazing language. Um, And and it's not the only place that we see this right here in Ephesians 2. We see it in Romans chapter 6. Uh, We see it in the book of Colossians. Somehow, Paul just uh, sees us as being so intimately connected, so, so united to Christ that his death is our death to sin, death, and the devil, and that his resurrection is also our resurrection, and, and even that, that his ascension into heaven is somehow our ascension into heaven, and that his seat at the right hand of God is somehow our seat at the right hand of God. The, the connection is so intimate and so complete that whatever Christ experiences, we experience is what Paul is saying. The before and after picture. And again, we get this great motivation thing. Uh, it, it's tacked on right at the end of verse 5. Right, Even when we were dead and trespasses made us alive together with Christ, by grace we have been saved and raised us up with him, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus by grace. Uh, grace, uh, just kind of the biggest, most general way is a gift. Uh, w- when grace is attached to God, right, it's an undeserved, unexpected gift. An undeserved and unexpected gift. Um, we've talked about grace using the acronym God's Riches at Christ's Expense. We've uh, summarized grace using those four words, Christ in our place. And Grace is a gift. It's an unexpected unearned, undeserved gift. Um, After Christ, we are alive. Before Christ, we are dead. After Christ, we are with Christ. Before Christ, we are with evil. Uh, After Christ, we are saved. And before Christ, we are objects of wrath. Uh, that's the language in verse 3, children of wrath. Uh, it's just a simple principle that sin cannot exist in the presence of a holy God. That, that imperfection cannot exist in the, in the presence of a perfect God. And, and so uh, Paul is saying that, that our natural state, right, our natural state is sinful. Uh, and, and we carry, we are influenced by evil. Um, That we are before Christ in our natural state. We are objects of wrath. We are something to be eliminated, right? We are something to be removed. Uh, Think about the kids chat, right? If I'm God, uh, then we have to push evil as far away from me as we can, right? That's our natural state. It's what we deserve. After Christ, (laughs) we are saved. Saved by grace. Verse 8. Um, To be saved, uh, we've talked about that. It's uh, a very kind of general word in Scripture, right? To be saved just means that you are removed from trouble. We are saved by grace. There is that word again, right? Unexpected, undeserved, unearned gift. And and notice the emphasis uh, on the done and accomplished work of God. Just to keep bringing this back, right? That this is not about your work. This is, uh, Paul says, this is not your own doing, It's the gift of God, right? Which means it's not a paycheck. If it's a gift, it's not a paycheck. It's not your own doing. It's the gift of God. It's not the result of your work so that you can boast. Um, Our relationship with God, in other words, cannot be more different before and after Christ. Um, Before Christ, we are dead. After Christ, we are dead. Alive, right? Before Christ, we are with evil. After Christ, we are with Christ. Yeah, before Christ, we are uh, children of wrath. And after Christ, we are saved. And then, man, this is a massive summary of verses 11 all the way down to 22. But, But after Christ, we are with others. Before Christ, we are separated. Again, go back to the kids' chat, right? I was trying to put that in here to be helpful. We're separated from Christ. We're also separated from each other, even though we long to be close, right? I mean, it was so great to see them, like, trying to reach and touch each other. No, you can't. We're broken. But with Christ, we get reconnected. With Christ, we get brought near. Uh, Just hear this language. uh, this is a, a, you know, again, right, this is a massive summary of verses 11 to 22. And it feels a little bit insufficient to say, but, but Paul's addressing a very specific issue. He's addressing a deep, deep division between two people groups. Not between two people, but between two people groups, Jews and Gentiles. Uh, but in a more general way and, and applying to us, man, we still experience division today, Right? I mean, we have people groups, we have cliques, we have um, different groups that don't agree with other groups, and then we also have brokenness in our relationship between each other. And so we face the same kind of divisions and the same kind of frustrations and the same kind of brokenness that Paul's addressing here. And so just hear the language, right? Before Christ, we have division and separation in our lives with each other. Uh, Paul talks about how you are one way, right? You're circumcised, and they are another way, uncircumcised. Um, he talks about how 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 uh, with he talks about alienation, right? That's uh, uh, language that says, "Hey, you were really far away." He talks about strangers. You were strangers. He talks about how you were far off, right? And that's what I did with the kids. He talks about this dividing wall of hostility, not just a dividing wall, but a dividing wall of hostility. He talks about how there were two people. See, all of these words, this language here, Paul is describing what life, what relationships are like before Christ. And then like woven so beautifully throughout these verses, 11 to 22, we get this other picture of life after Christ. And and, and just notice that, that, that Paul uses that past tense. He says, you were separated, but now in Christ Jesus. He talks about how you've been brought near. You're not far off anymore, you've been brought near. He talks about how Christ is our peace, plural, our peace. He talks about how Christ has made us both one, not two anymore, but one. He talks about how Christ has broken down that dividing wall of hostility, how he's reconciled us both to God. He's preached peace to all people, not just you, not just me, but. To all people, right? He's given us both access, he says. We are fellow citizens. Uh, we are being built together. I mean, Paul's just piling these descriptions on top of one another so that we would know <laughs> what life looks like after Christ. Um, that, that we would be confident that we have been brought near and we are together. And just, again, remember that this is not a message about, hey, try harder to be connected and be united to one another. Um, stretch really hard. Do it different so that you can reach somebody else. That's not the point in the message here. The, the point in the message is that, is that um, the done and accomplished work of God, the done and accomplished work of God changes our relationships. Relationships are now um, centered on and they begin with The done and accomplished work of God. Before and after stories are pretty cool. And this is the coolest one ever. Uh, Before and after stories just kind of fill us with hope. and, And they're so good to come back to and look at. Before and after pictures inspire something in our hearts and in our minds. And so my simple question to you is what effect do the before and after pictures here in Ephesians chapter two have on your heart? And I would love to sit down with each one of you and listen to the effect that the before and after pictures have on your heart and on your mind. But uh, since I can't do that right now, I'm just gonna be selfish and tell you my two. Here's the two effects that the before and after pictures have on my own heart. Number one, they're just like a massive encouragement to me because guys, so often I find myself straying back to that before column. So often I, I find myself um, living in and embracing the, the division between me and other people. Um, so, so often I, I, I maybe you know, fear like, oh, I, I have messed up and so I deserve something bad from God. So so often, I I feel influenced by the course of the world or by the power of Satan. Um, So often, I, I don't feel very alive. And so, like, these words are just a massive encouragement to me because Paul isn't saying, hey, try harder. He's just saying, hey, look, this is what has happened. This is the reality. We live in the after column. And so it's like this massive encouragement to me to remember, no, no, I'm totally alive. I've been connected to the author of life. It's so amazing to, to remember that I am with Christ. I've been crucified with him. I've been risen with him. So amazing to remember that I have been saved by grace. And it's so encouraging to remember that I am with others. The other thing that this really does for me uh, uh, is man, it just kind of like inspires some awe. Do you ever do that where you like look at that before and after picture and you're like, man, that person is really fit? Or you look at that before and after picture and you're like, man, I, I wish my house looked like that. Right? It just like inspires this sense of awe and you, and you appreciate the the, the, the the craftiness or the work of the person that that went through those steps and put forward the plan and and made the effort to get to that after picture. And so, when I see these before and after pictures that Paul has given us, what my life looked like before Christ, without Christ, and what my life looks like now, man, it just makes me stand in awe of Him. It makes me rejoice. It makes me celebrate His done and accomplished work. Amen. Let's uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we, we thank you for your done and accomplished work. Uh, we thank you for this incredible before and after story, that you would choose to send Jesus, um, that you would send Jesus to redeem us, to restore us, to forgive us, that you would send Jesus to give us life, new life, that you would send Jesus to connect us to you, to bring us close. Um. That you would send Jesus to, to do this, uh, th- this great work of, of connecting us to one another. That you would save us from all trouble. Father, we thank you uh, that we can stand and stare. We can gawk. We can be inspired. We can uh, live in awe and celebration of your work. The before and after story. Before Christ and after Christ. We rejoice in you today. In the name of Jesus, all God's people said, amen. Amen. Uh, We're going to state our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. If it's your statement of faith, go ahead and say it with us. And if you just want to take time to consider um, this statement, uh, just take that time as you need. But let's all stand together and either state or consider as you need. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. Died ...and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And what is our mission? To connect people to Christ like they have never been connected before. You can have a seat. Um, Am I doing the announcements today? I kind of forget you have one announcement go ahead you take it away first okay
0: um i do have an announcement we could really use some help on our tech team we have a tom back there hey tom and edward they're back there um we need a couple more volunteers for each uh position that we have and that's live stream slides and sound so if you're interested or you've kind of been thinking hey i might want to get involved but maybe you don't want to be up here in front of everybody and you want to be helping out in the back. We do train you, and um, it's actually pretty fun. So, um, they enjoy doing what they do. Yeah, Mitchell's giving me a wave. Um, So, uh, we'd love to have you join our team. And so, let me know if you're interested. Come see me after church or call and email me throughout the week.
2: Uh, a couple of other things to keep in front of you just a little bit of a schedule change is that next sunday we're going to be celebrating communion again so we've got it this sunday and then also next sunday it's a little bit of a different schedule i don't even know if you know the rhythm or routine but we usually do it second and fourth sundays um we're messing it up a little bit because we've got vbs and other things coming and so just know we're having communion next sunday just want to make sure that we're communicating that clearly um other things to to keep in mind is just a huge celebration that um our dce Kristen got married yesterday super great so um we we just had a, a great time it was it was warm but it was uh, a lovely uh, ceremony and a lovely celebration just so thankful uh for for the chance to uh uh to, to watch that couple just uh, come together and uh, and join together in christ uh, under christ and uh, and celebrate their new life together so um, i just want to say a, a brief prayer uh, and continue to ask for god's blessing on them and their relationship we won't see them for a couple of weeks because they're off on honeymoon and all that kind of jazz but um, we just want to celebrate and, and continue to thank god for his work in their life so let's pray uh, heavenly father uh, thank you so much for your grace and your love that you have shown Uh, both to Matt and to Kristen. Uh, We thank you for them as a couple. Uh, We thank you that you brought them together. We thank you for um, overseeing and guiding and directing their relationship and their hearts. We thank you for holding on to both of them. Uh, We know that uh, relationships can't happen without you, that without you, we would be far off. And so we rejoice and we celebrate in the truth, in the reality, and the great good news that you have brought us near. We ask that you would continue to do that in their life, um, that you would bring them closer to each other as you bring them closer to you. In the name of Jesus, all God's people said, amen. Uh, the last announcement is just uh, to ask you to uh, take one of those cards that has the four QR codes on there and just, just uh, scan that and check yourself in. Uh, we just really value knowing that you are here. Uh, it takes about oh probably 60 seconds to do that and so we just really value uh, knowing that there's one on the screen but we just really ask that you would go and and grab one of those qr codes and uh and scan yourself in let us know that you're here let us know if there's something we can pray about we really value that um and uh and then you can check out announcements as well let's continue with our next song Uh, feel
0: free to sit or stand during this next one
1: With a melody, you surround me with a song of deliverance. the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears were drowned in perfect love. You rescued me so I could stand and sing. I am a child of God.
2: We want to begin to prepare our hearts and our minds to receive uh, the Lord's Supper, and we do that by first admitting our sin and receiving forgiveness in a fresh new way. Would you please stand and join us as we begin to prepare? If we say that we have no sin, then we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's have a moment of silence to admit our own sins, mistakes, and failures before God, and then we'll admit those things together. We admit together, most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean, i want to remind you of the words from ephesians chapter 1 it's uh, ephesians chapter 1 7 through 10 it says this in christ we are set free by the blood of his death and so we have forgiveness of sins because of god's rich grace god gave us that grace fully and freely god with full wisdom and understanding let us know his secret purpose this was what god wanted and what he planned to do through christ His goal, the goal of God, was to carry out his plan when the right time came. He planned that all things in heaven and on earth, that includes you, would be joined together with Christ. Folks, I just point you to Scripture, and I point you to the done and accomplished work of God the Father Almighty through Jesus Christ on the cross and the empty tomb. All of your sins truly have been forgiven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, Let's remember and uh, and celebrate the significance of this meal that we are about to receive. Uh, What does Christ give us in this meal that we are about to imitate?
0: True body and blood.
2: What else is offered in this meal?
0: In this meal, Christ gives us forgiveness and relationship he gives us unity with others and connects us to his victory over death and finally he sets us free from our past lives of slavery to sin and gives us new resurrected life
2: and what do we proclaim in this meal we We proclaim proclaim that christ Christ has died died, christ Christ has has risen and christ Christ is is coming coming again. again amen Uh, you can have a seat Uh, if you're in agreement with that understanding that we just laid out for you uh, we'd invite you to receive these elements there are gluten-free wafers if you need just kind of ask the distributors Um, uh, if you haven't uh, been in the room for us uh, for communion with us uh, here's how it works we distribute the elements to you while a song is happening Uh, this is a free gift of god and so we bring it to you in, in in a way of showing you hey this is from god to you and then uh, we sing a song together and then we get to uh, take the bread and the wine, the body and the blood together as one body of Christ. So um, just kind of hold on to it and wait and then we'll uh, commune all together in just a moment or two. Uh, Would our distributors come forward?
1: take our lives, flawed yet beautiful, restore, refine, Lord, you're merciful. oh god we pray to you humble ourselves again lord would you hear our cry That
0: go ahead and stand together as we sing our last song. Um, We learned a lot about how we are closer together and closer to God um, because of Jesus Christ and now we want to go out into the world and share that love and share that message with others. So we're gonna sing they'll know we are Christians by our love together.
1: spirit we are one in the Lord praise to the father from whom all things come
2: If I'm thinking right, this is Patty and Virgil's last Sunday with us. Is that correct? All right, so um, we've blessed them and we've gifted them, but if you would bless them by, uh, by just kind of giving them a hug or a knuckle or even just kind of pray over them real quick, um, I'm sure they would value that. Uh, again, right, we're gonna miss you guys. Um, you're welcome back anytime. We meet every Sunday. <laughs> every Sunday. Um, <laughs> just been uh, such, a, such a vital part of this congregation, so we, we will miss them, but, but we've sent them with God's blessing, and we trust that God will continue to use you guys as you go, okay? Um, hey, you all made it on time. Way to go, 9.30. You did it. Same time next week. Uh, we still have information class today, just so you know, uh, in that double doors, uh, that, that turtle room as normal otherwise boy we go knowing that jesus christ truly is risen he is risen indeed hallelujah go in peace